0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope you had a blessed and merry Christmas. Isn't it the best of times? It really is. The gathering with family, the wonderful food, the giving and receiving of gifts. But really the heart of it is this. It's what the angel said to the shepherds. He said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you great news of joy for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. And then the word of the angel to uh, Joseph himself, where he said that this child will be Emmanuel, God with us. What a powerful statement that God Almighty has entered into our world, that he promises to be with us. You know, Christmas is the best of times as we celebrate that. But did you know that Christmas can also be the worst of times? There's something people call the Christmas blues. And it could happen for many different reasons. Perhaps, uh, perhaps it's the idea that the house is filled with laughter and joy, and now after Christmas it's quiet and you feel empty. Or maybe it's that the expectations that uh, you have for Christmas just didn't come about. Perhaps a loved one isn't here this Christmas, and you're keenly reminded of that. Or perhaps it's that uh, someone could not make it home to be with the family. Or maybe a relative did make it to Christmas, and you're hoping they weren't. You never know. Or it could be the food you ate that you don't normally eat fat-saturated, rich, uh, sugar-intense food, and now you're paying the price. Here's what I want you to know. God is with us not just in the good times, but in the worst of times. And by worst of times, I'm not talking about the Christmas blues. I'm talking about those times in your life that you face a challenge that disrupts your life, your plans. It's the times when dreams are dashed, and suffering and pain into your life. I know that sounds a little too cheery, maybe, for the Sunday after Christmas, and so let me just say this to you. Do you know that all of us are suffering or will be? It's inevitable. It's part of our life in this world, but here's the thing. Do you know that God is with you in the worst of times? I mean, look at Mary and Joseph. As you see the unfolding plan of salvation for us, and the angels that appear to Joseph, to Mary, and tell them who this child is, and then the birth in Bethlehem. I mean, they had to go through a lot, and it really disrupted their lives as they are now in Bethlehem, and the babe is born, and and in Matthew now, we're told the story of the birth, but we're also told that they then moved into a house. This could have been two years later, uh, up to two years, uh, based on the fact of what Herod did to get, try to kill Jesus, two years and younger. And you have the Magi show up to Mary and Joseph's home with the baby Jesus, and they're bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I, they're probably thinking, this is looking okay. I think we're going to be all right. This is going to work out okay. And then we get the passage, the scripture we heard read a few moments ago. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. The worst of times. Their life disrupted. What is going on here? And it even got worse than that. Herod, out of his fury, his enragement, when he found out that the Magi had not told him, come back and told him where the Christ child is, Herod then slaughtered the babies two years and younger. Can you imagine the pain, the suffering? Here's what I would tell you this morning. We all face our own worst times. Why? As you look at the scriptures, there's actually a multitude of reasons why there's suffering and pain, but I'm just going to mention two of them today. The worst of times can come when we do what's wrong. Do you know that? When you do what's wrong, there are consequences to that. I mean, the scriptures are very clear about that. Romans chapter 2, verse 6, this is what Paul wrote, God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. That's one of the realities. You don't get away with sin. You know if you park in a no parking zone and you come back and find a parking ticket on your car, are you incensed and angry about that? What did you expect to happen? There are consequences, and so here we are. We suffer consequences of a life where we walk away from God, but this is the whole point. God is with us even then because he's reaching out to us. That's what the birth of Jesus is about. He came into our world to fulfill righteousness for us. It's his death where he carried our sin to the cross that we might be forgiven, and he calls us back to himself. So the worst times can come when you're doing what's wrong. But did you know that the worst times can come when you're doing what's right? When you have the right motives, you're doing the best you can in the right way, in the right time, and you can still lose your job, lose your marriage, have conflict with your kids, even when you're trying to do what's right. I know this is confusing to a lot of people because the idea is if I'm a, trying to be a good person, if I go to church, if I pray, if I, if, I, if I give generously, shouldn't God then treat me well? It doesn't work that way. We're in a sin-infested, sin-broken world. And you have to understand something. Not everything that happens in this world is what God intended or what he desires. Mary and Joseph did what was right. Mary said in response to the announcement that she would birth God's son, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May his word be fulfilled in me. And that set off a whole bunch of problems, didn't it? I think her wedding plans just went out the window right there. And then they faced all that they did. No, God is still with us. We need to know that. But here's the point. We all face our own worst times. You do, and I do. This past year, where have been those times when it's been so hard for you? I thought today I would share one of the worst times in my life, and I do that not because I don't, I, I don't want to draw attention to myself, and I would prefer not to tell you this, but I believe that if I would share with you one of my worst times, and then tell you of God's faithfulness, that would be an encouragement to you. Our daughter is a gift of God to us, to Sue and I, and uh, we thank God for her. But I'll tell you, as she grew up, she was this quiet little baby, but something happened when she turned four or five years old. She started going through temper tantrums. School was very difficult for her. She had learning disabilities. Teachers didn't know how to handle her. We didn't know how to handle her, but we always told ourselves, at least I did, I told myself that when our daughter Tessa comes home, I think that she unleashes all this anger at us because we're safe. She knows that we love her, and so she knows that's where she can let all of this out that's going on inside of her. But then it got to the point as she grew older that we wondered if she even knew that we loved her. She told us she didn't want to be in our home. She didn't want to be part of our family. There was torment in the soul of this girl. In high school, I would drive her to to school every day, and when we'd get there, I would tell her, I love you, Tessa, and that enraged her. She got out of the car and slammed the door every day. I think Sue and I met every principal, every vice principal in the school because of her acting out. One vice principal, I remember we talked, we cried together, and we prayed together. We worked with counselors, and we worked with psychologists and school counselors and eventually psychiatrists trying to figure out what's going on in her life. And the diagnosis was everything from bipolar to emotional detachment disorder, and the list went on and on and on. One day, the school couldn't handle her at all. They called me to pick her up, so I did. And we got in the car, and as I began driving away, she said, well, go ahead and yell at me. I said, Tessa, when have I ever yelled at you? We're going to talk about this when we get home. And I could just see her starting to tense up more and more and more. And all of a sudden, she took the heel of her hand. She hit the windshield, shattered my entire windshield on my car. I had to take her into the hospital. We had all kinds of tests and assessments. We brought in a family counselor, a trusted pastor who's a professional counselor, and we had three days of intensive family counseling. He told us that our daughter is probably in 1% of the population, that she lives out of her gut by passion, And he said, and you and Sue are both teachers at heart. You're trying to teach her. You're trying to explain things. I got news for you, this counselor said. Your teaching days with her are done. She's not going to receive anything that you say. And I said, well, what am I supposed to do? I'll never forget his answer. He said, get to know your daughter. I just had to enter her world. Tessa, how did it feel when you took your hand and you put it through the drywall and put a hole in the wall at home? She said, well, it hurt. I said, well, yeah, I can understand that. We had holes in our walls. We had to remove her door because it was so destroyed to her bedroom. I said, Tessa, why do you like the horror movies so much? She just wanted to watch all these awful, violent movies. And she said, because when I watch them, I feel more normal. And I thought to myself, what kind of torment is this girl going through? We lost her. Ended up having to take her to a residential home for troubled teens. And by God's grace, do you know we live 15 minutes away from this residential home and we worked with the house parents trying to reach her, but nothing seemed to work. I lost my daughter. It was right at that time that I went to a professional uh, growth conference in Baltimore, Maryland. I was attending some sessions and one of them was about how God is with you and in, in, even in the worst of times. I mean, it was a Amazing, and I went to that, and the speaker did something that I thought was a little odd. He said, I want you to pair up with someone you do not know, and I don't want you to say a word to them. I want you just to read your Bible and pray, and then think about what God might want to say to that person. So we did that. I happened to be paired up with a young man. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know if I had children or not. He didn't know anything about me. And when it came time to share what we felt we were supposed to say to each other, he looked at me and he said, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to tell you, you're going to get your daughter back. God with us? I mean, to me, that was more than just a young man who happened to hit something that I'm dealing with. It was God just saying, I'm, I'm here. God with us. And it took years, but I wrote that down in my journal, and I began to pray, Lord, I do pray that we will get our daughter back. It took years, but then that day came that finally I got to write it in my journal. I got my daughter back. She's says that she loves us. We say that we love her and she receives that love and we have a relationship with her today. I'm not going to tell you it's all perfect and all fine, but we have a relationship with her of love and we're part of her life and she's part of ours along with her family. How about you? When you're going through the hard times, do you believe, do you know that God is with you? Not that he just was with us 2,000 years ago in the Christmas story, and then now he's irrelevant to our daily life. I don't mean he's with you just in the special season of Christmas, you know, when we light the candles and sing Silent Night, then he's there. No, he's with you always. In the good times, and the bad, in this post-Christmas time and into the new year, you don't know what this new year will bring, but you can know this. God is with you no matter what. This is the love of God our Savior who will not desert us, who will be with us always. So my prayer for you today is that indeed you will walk in this reality. Because the worst of times will reveal where you put your trust. And I would say choose very wisely because there's only one support that will never fail you, and that is Jesus Christ, a faith relationship with him. The worst of times clarifies what God promises. You know, he doesn't promise you that if you follow me, I'll make your life successful and easy. No, he said, follow me, take up your cross, follow me. Jesus said in John chapter 16, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. But you know, God can turn the worst of times into times of praise to him because he is the one that will give us the victory. You may not see it till eternity, but he will give us the victory. We never lose hope Because God with us in the worst of times. Let's bow our heads. Lord, as we gather here today, this post-Christmas season, I pray that the truth and the reality of the message, that indeed Jesus is our Emmanuel, God with us, I pray that that will be a reality that we know and believe and walk in the recognition of that each and every day as we move into this new year. Lord, help us to know and hear your word, to engage you as we hear your word, as we read your word this year, and that we would then, Lord, have a greater awareness of your presence in our lives. I pray that we would embrace you, Lord, as we come to the communion table, and and there we receive the very body and blood that you have poured out for us, that we might belong to you and be part of your family, forgiven of our sins by grace, that we are yours, baptized into Jesus, Jesus, and brought into the family of God. Lord, whatever we face, whatever goes on, let us find hope and strength and peace in this message. God with us. In Jesus' name, amen.